Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Leah Bross. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is re-watching the film, and the other is seeing it for the first time. This week, my pick was, is, Black Hawk Down. Yeesh. It's a rough one. Yeesh. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, it's, it's a little hard. I think, so when we first came up with the idea to do this podcast, we decided we wanted to do movies that had some sort of effect on us, some sort of impact. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a life-changing one, although it could be, but I mean, something that really stuck out beyond just, I liked that movie. Which, of course, you guys know, there are some of those, too, that are just, we like that. Um, Black Hawk Down hit me. Like, it really hit me. And I don't know exactly why. I was thinking about it last night uh, a little bit while I was rewatching it. First of all, I got to tell you, I've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times. It's so depressing. Go on. It really is. And first of all, I mean, you know, I do have a thing for depressing movies. So that's that's part of it. Sure. Um, I do think it's a really well done depiction of modern war, which there's not a ton of. I would say there have been more of over the last 10 years. And this movie now is, fuck, almost 20 years old. The Hunt for Red October is not a good depiction of modern war? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> Patriot <laughs> Games? Is that about warfare? It's not even war. That's not even war. I don't know the fuck it's, I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't Jack watch Ryan's war in movies. the CIA. Patriot Games is great, first of all. <laughs> I feel like I keep saying first of all. But honestly, Patriot Games is great. But no, it's not a depiction of modern warfare. Okay. Um, Black Hawk Down. I remember being really excited for it when it was first coming out. Because I have a, a thing for war movies. Don't know why. Well done war movies, to be fair. There are a lot of really shitty ones out there, as we all know. Just like there are with anything. Um, but I remember seeing the trailers and thinking, yeah, I really I really want to see that. And I did see it in the theater. I think I may have seen it twice in the theater. Um, and that would have been 2002. It was released that would have been in 2002. 2002. So that's what I was kind and of thinking about. And it was right about. after 9-11. That's what I was thinking about last night. It doesn't stick out to me as in any way in my mind being related to 9-11 until I looked it up last night and realized when exactly it did come out and that was when it hit me that I think that might have been part of why I was so emotionally invested too that we were months away from this horrible thing that really changed the way that we all kind of thought and felt and lived in America mm -hmm. and there was this uh, idea of Regardless of how you felt about anything that happened, you wanted to be patriotic. Because, yes. Mm -hmm. lots because of people, your country was Lots of was people hurt. were enlisting. Like yeah. I, people I Because I graduated in 1998, lots of, not lots of, but there were definitely people in my class who we were in college and were, mm -hmm. they were enlisting yeah. after that. It was an inherently scary time where I think anything um, having to do with 
with war, with terrorism, with threats of any kind, people would hone in on, um, and myself included, I think. And again, I don't remember that being something that was in my mind, but I'm 100% sure that it was. It had to be. I don't see how you couldn't. No, yeah, I'm sure I couldn't really separate it out. The one thing that stands out to me the most about my first experience with this in the theater, the part where um, they're coming, they they went through a building, they're coming around the other side, and I don't remember who it was, but he shoots a guy dead, and then his son comes running back out. Yeah. And his son kind of falls over the top of him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the guy's gun's right there, and obviously that kid could pick up the gun and start shooting him. We all know that that could happen. We all know that that does happen in real life. There was this fucking woman sitting two rows ahead of me who was at the movie with her child who screamed, shoot him, fucking shoot him. Now, I have a little bit of a thing about speaking out in theaters. So, yes, I did scream at her to shut the fuck up. And she did. The fact that someone could be so detached from. So if you're if you're in it, if you were actually in Mogadishu at that moment and you see a kid who is. Grieving. Grieving. But if you see a kid who's right next to a gun and you know he's on the opposite side, whether or not he's truly your enemy or not, you know he's on the opposite side because his father just tried to kill you. And there's a gun right there and you damn well know that kids are more than willing to pick that gun up and shoot you. I'm not saying that as a soldier it wouldn't have been in my mind, potentially at least, to shoot the kid. But this fucking bitch had no right to say anything like that. And I think part of the reason why it was so hurtful to me is because we were coming off of 9-11 and emotions and tensions were really high. And there were people who were grieving and mourning and there were people who were so damn angry. They were. And I remember being so angry at the people who were so angry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it made me so mad when she did that. That I, I really, it hadn't occurred to me until I was thinking about the timing of it last night. But I think I was, I know at that time that I was in that headspace. And I think that's why it stuck out to me still 20 years, almost 20 years later, why it still sticks out to me as that fucking bitch I want to beat her ass. Was it just that it was so cold of her to say yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Like that you were so That she's in- so detached from this action. Again, they're, if just, you were- they're not real people. They're just the enemy. Exactly. If you were in the battle, I understand that thought process. She is some dumbass suburbanite sitting there watching a movie and her first thought is to shoot a child. Mm -hmm. And that made me incredibly angry. You know, and I might be being unfair. It might have just been a reaction to being in like an action movie. I realized that this may be all made up on my end, but that was how I felt at the time. And that's kind of, that's why I'm saying I, I think that I had that reaction or perhaps overreaction because of the zeitgeist really, because of where we were. It's, as I was watching this movie last night, which I wrote at least a couple of times, I shouldn't be watching this because my nephew is enlisted in the Marines, he's in basic training, and I'm watching it, and that's pretty much all I could think of the entire time. Which I did, it it occurred to me. um, And it's so violent, and it's so... I think when I I first saw it, again, it was almost 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. I was the same age as the guys, Mm -hmm. or younger than the guys who were in this, and now, of course, I'm much older than them. And it wasn't until I started watching it and you see certain people who, my God, they look so young. Yeah. So I was watching it last night 
and at that point, you know, they weren't they weren't older than me or they weren't my peers either like they were back in the day. Mm-hmm. Last night I was watching it and my God, they are just children. Babies. And that was when I started thinking about your nephew too. So yeah, I realized so that part of the way that. through. Thanks it didn't a lot for that. Um, in fairness, the Marines pulled out long before the, the Right, Rangers these were Army there. Rangers, so, right? Delta yeah. Force. Well, Rangers and Delta. And Delta Force, yeah. And I, um, the other thing I thought, so you hate guns. Like, really hate guns. I have, yeah, I have a real problem Dislike guns. guns. Yeah. Like, I remember walking up from Main Street, and there was a sign for a gun show, and you ripped it out of the ground yep. and, like, tossed it back down. Yeah. Which was very amusing to me. <laughs> uh, I just hate the I fact just... that I couldn't light it on fire, because I don't smoke guns. <laughs> right, it was great. Um, So you hate guns, but, man, you like violent, depressing movies. This I movie do. was really, how many people's bodies did I have to see blown up? Yeah, well, I mean. A guy had a rocket through him. Which actually happened as well. Also, um, um, the other th- the other take I had after seeing this was, um, yeah, I wanted to fuck all those guys. Yeah, I wanted to fuck them real good. It's so funny that, so first time first time I saw it, I knew you wanted to fuck them all too. No, <laughs> I knew the first time I saw it. Some of them I obviously knew. You and McGregor obviously mm-hmm. knew. Josh Hartnett mm-hmm. obviously knew. There's a lot um, of other- Lord of the Rings fan. Orlando Bloom obviously knew Orlando Bloom. Tom Sizemore. Mm-hmm. And then there were some people who you recognized. Jason maybe Isaac, didn't totally you probably knew. knew when you saw him, right? I kind of recognized him, but didn't really know him, know mm-hmm. him. And then you watch it, like I watched it again last night. I know all these people now. Jamie Lannister. All, exactly. Jamie Lannister, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, which I found out several years ago that this was his mm-hmm. first film. The other guy from other Train Spotting is in it. Yep. Yeah. God. Which I did know him at the time. Yeah. Because, of course, I'd seen Train Spotting you know, years before. the only guy in this. But I mean, there's the guy from Modern Family. Yeah. There's, um, Oh, fuck. Um, the guy who plays Ruiz, I recognize him mm-hmm. from different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were even the people whose names I didn't know. I was you like, yep, I know them. you. Yep, yeah, I know you. The, <laughs> I know you. The only guy in this movie, and it's just because I can't stand him, and I'm going to come in hot with this ref too. Ron Eldred, don't like him. See, I loved him I because don't. of ER. I loved I ER. I hated him in ER. Oh, I hated him I because him. I wanted Juliana Margulies' character to be with George Clooney's character. No, I hated her. Ugh. I hated her Ugh. so much. She did not deserve George. I didn't George. like him. And also, he he's just the worst thing in every movie he's in and every show that That's he's in. Awful. I can't stand him. And I felt really bad when I was watching him in this one because I'm like, oh, I And then I know you I realized should... he was captured and tortured I know. I should days, feel bad so. for him. I should feel bad for him. But man, I don't like that actor. And also, Ghost Ship. Also, Ghost Ship. I just wanted to point out there Ghost go. Ship. And we have Jason Isaacs, who was in Event Horizon. Yeah. So it's all, we're coming full circle here. We are, but there were so. And this is prime Jason Isaacs too. Like he's looking. Mm. He. I'm just saying. I don't think so. You know what? I thought Sizemore looked better than Isaacs in this. Sizemore. This is my absolute favorite performance from Tom Sizemore. Um, without so- a doubt, when he is just standing there in the middle of everything and like barely even flinching <laughs> as bullets are flying by and just nothing like telling people minutes. to fucking move. And yes, nothing takes five. He minutes. has so he many good. He's the like best. <laughs> Oh they're shooting at when us when shoot they, back yeah exactly <laughs> when the guy gets his like face blown and he's like just get, keep your foot on the gas like i got the wheel i i first like an eric banna shows up and mm-hmm. i was like oh eric banna whatever he's so boring eric banna was my favorite part of this movie except hoot. for sizemore yeah hoot hoot people people say to me hoot why do you do it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was so i would say banna and sizemore and probably Ewan McGregor, and you know what? Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy was really Hugh great. Dancy, for he, and I, I honestly would give him the heat check on this because he did a lot for a little bit of screen It's funny, time. too. Like, I, the 
the scenes with Jamie um, after Jamie Lannister? shot. No, <laughs> no, the kid who actually dies. The one who's femoral, femoral artery is. Yeah. Okay. Those really stand out in my mind, of course. I mean, how could they not? But for whatever reason, even though I know that's Hugh Dancy, I didn't know it at the time. So it is always a surprise to me when I see that scene. Like his face and his voice stand out in my head from those scenes. But when I see Hugh Dancy, I don't correlate it with he's that. He's so young. He is really this, young. And he, yeah. they and all are. Yeah. I mean, except you and I mean, I guess he's young comparatively. Was but really, really good. I loved it. Like I think I liked his arc better than anybody else's. How he comes from behind the desk and he's all into like brewing coffee and he's never yeah. seen any action and it's funny i so when i first saw this i think one of the things that really stands out to you is there are all of these kids guys men and you don't know for sure who everybody is mm-hmm. um and i walked away from it wanting to know who everybody was like the real people yeah okay yeah. well both i mean i wanted to know more about Everything that I saw in the movie, and I think that's one of the things that's magical about this movie, is it's such it does such a great job of depicting just this mass chaos. But within the chaos, you kind of lose track of who people are sometimes. And I really wanted to know. I wanted to know every little thing, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons I've seen the movie over and over mm-hmm. again, too. But I read the book also, which was... So it's, Mar- it's Mark... Mark Bowden. Bowden, okay. One of my favorite books. Um, and I only read it because I saw the movie and, like I said, really wanted to know more. And it is a really great book. I, the way he walks you through everything is amazing. I haven't read it in 15 years. And I watched this last night and was like, fuck, I need to read it again. Because there were so many little things that I remember having watched this movie again after having read the book. And it was like everything was clear. Like I knew exactly where they were because he, he has maps in the book as well. You know, I knew exactly where they were and exactly what they were doing. Um, and, and exactly who all of these people were. Grimes, not a real the guy. The McGregor character. Yeah, not oh, yeah. a real guy. I, I read that in the IMDb. Yeah, that he's based on somebody else. So but there they, was... They, can, they said they condensed like a hundred key characters in the book down to 30. Yeah, not movie. everybody is yeah. in it. Um, but some of the names definitely stick out. But he was one because he was such an important character in the movie mm-hmm. that I kept kind of looking for him and trying to figure out who he was based on and stuff. So I, I do vaguely at least remember that, like kind of digging through the stories to see if I could find him. Um, it is a really good book. So it, can you explain to me what, because you dislike guns so much, and I'm assuming, I mean, I would consider you a pacifist. I think is, so. I think. So why are you so fascinated by this kind of story? Because I, I don't believe that there, I, I'm not an idealist. I know that there will never be a time where there is always peace on earth. And I know that there are times where whether we want it or not, there will be violence. And there will be blood. There will be blood. Um, and I, I think it's the concept of, I shouldn't say concept of, but um, what happened in Somalia is obviously a horrible, horrible story. They had been going through civil war. We decided to help. Um, the civil war resulted in a famine. People are dying. The word genocide is being thrown around. Horrible things are happening. And yet we have this schism at home, too, of people saying, you know, you're fighting somebody else's war. It's why like are Vietnam we even, all over again. Right. Why are we even going? What are we doing? What is the point to this? Um, the UN was involved, but the UN never really gives that much support. They certainly never give military support. You know, they're all about giving food out, but they don't want to actually do the hard work and the dirty work. And it falls on the US a lot of times. And I'm not saying that that's right, um, but I know that it happens. And I think it's such an interesting, it's, it's sort of a dichotomy for me that 
yes, I want there to be peace places, but I recognize that in order for there to be peace, you do have to sometimes fight through it. So that the end doesn't justify mean, the means? No, because that doesn't mean that you always should be involved. I don't know that we should have been involved there, but I will say this, we damn well should have actually stuck it out. If you're going to step in, you need to actually, we weren't committed. I mean, that's, that's the number one reason that the Battle of Mogadishu was such a fuck up is because we weren't committed. Clinton didn't want to send more money. He didn't want to actually have a good visual on things. The The delay going back and forth where they couldn't even figure out where the hell they were going because there was such a huge delay in getting images of all of these roadblocks and then mm-hmm. relaying that information to the guys on the ground. That's because, and I say Clinton, but it wasn't just Clinton, obviously. It was it's the entire the military advisors. It's every, yeah. But they didn't want to put any more money in. They didn't want to give them the tools that they actually needed to get this done. If you're going to commit to something, you got to get it done. All that's the, the that's our number one complaint with the UN. The UN wants to go around and play peacekeeper, but they don't want to actually back anything up. And we were doing the exact same thing. I, you know, all of that's to say, I don't like war. And I'm not even necessarily the kind of person who says, but it's necessary because I don't think it really is necessary. I think there is another answer every single time. I think there's another better answer. But I recognize that it's going to happen anyway. And I think, for me, I think it's really important to, for all of us really, I think it's important to be a witness to that. To be a witness to the things that you don't want to witness. To see the things that are the most horrible things. To take that in. It's understanding our history and understanding why things happen. And It certainly is, but I think even on a personal level. I want to know who these people are. I want to feel obviously I don't want to feel their pain but I mean I want to be connected to them in some way or Mm -hmm. involved in some way Um, and I don't of course want to be directly involved who would want to be Mm -hmm. directly involved but I feel like it is important for me as a person on this planet to have some understanding of of what they went through um, to in some way witness it, to in some way validate it. It gives it meaning. Yeah. More, you know, it's not, and it, it certainly isn't meaningless in any loss of life. I hope all loss of life has meaning. Mm-hmm. It should. Um, the, the thing that, you know, I'm watching this and in the middle of all of it, it's, I was just like, this is a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. It's a disaster. Like how, how and you many, really get that how in the many book Somalis too. died? Like thousands? Nobody knows. I, I mean, like the number seems. I think. Somebody, there was a front line years and years and years ago where a Somalian spokesman said it was like just over a hundred, but no, no, it could have been, it was definitely more than that and possibly as many as like 2,000. It's just heartbreaking. So it's, you know, you're, I was watching it and I was like, I can't imagine living in a place that is torn up like that Mm -hmm. and in, you know, you're like when the... One of the guys, Scotty Smalls, I can't remember his name from the show, but it's the kid from The Sandlot. Oh, Smalls, yeah. <laughs> Smalls, uh, when he ends up kind of off by himself and he wanders into that space and it, I'm assuming it's a teacher and children. There was a woman with a group of kids. Yeah. Um, just the thought of that ever happening. Mm-hmm. And I I know what's happened on American soil. I'm sure that kind of stuff happened during the Civil War, the Revolutionary War. But were... let's be honest, we're very detached from it. There are places oh, yes. in this world and many places, many more places than we're willing to admit, than we as relatively safe Americans are willing to admit that go through this every day. And I do, again, coming back to 9-11, I think that's one of the things that 
made this movie even more powerful too is even though we all knew that we were on much safer soil at that time I think a lot of us yeah a lot of us still felt really uneasy right we're scared yeah still scared I you know and now we've got of course the domestic terrorism that is happening with uh the guns and whatnot yeah with guns yeah Mm -hmm. the other thing I think is that there was a lot of this movie was really fucking long didn't need to be that long but whatever i mean it condensed like two and a half days (laughs) down to two and a half hours you could say it didn't need to be that long ridley scott do your thing whatever do you know what i think is i think part of the reason it was long and i don't know all of the backstory about the movie itself and who made these particular decisions Mm -hmm. but one of the things that did really well is the portrayal of death in certain times was kind of spot on the you know, you're going through the steps and everything. You know shit's happening and things not things aren't great. But as soon as Dominic Pilla goes down, that's it. I mean, that's the end. That's He's the first KIA. And when he goes down, there's no, there's no foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. There's no real sadness to it. It's, it's you're, just, you're there with them. You know, yeah. he's, he just goes down and he's gone. And they say and it. And they say, KIA. yeah, what's his, what's his status? He's dead. Yeah. I, I love the fact that they put that in there and let us feel that in that way. And it was the same with a handful of other characters. But then we still, later on, you get that kind of, um, with Jamie and with Ruiz, you know, you're feeling mm-hmm. their deaths. And I Wait, I which don't... one was Jamie? Smith. The guy who got shot in the femoral artery. Okay, got it. And Ruiz was the one who was still alive at the end of the movie. But doesn't end up making it, I'm assuming. Right. So when Josh Hartnett is talking to the guy at the very end, yeah. that's him. That's Ruiz. Oh, I thought he was talking to Jamie. I don't think so. I think it was Ruiz. Because he was saying he was going to talk to his parents and that's what... Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe I needed to pay better attention. Sorry. I honestly wasn't paying that much of attention. <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah. because um, but yes, he definitely... Because he Jason Isaacs goes well. to talk to Ruiz. Right. And he says he's going to be okay. Yeah. But he, no, he, he, he didn't he wants make to it. Get I did see his name at the end. Yeah. I did see in the list of, of men who died. Yeah. So they they built in that more elongated, let's feel the pain of somebody dying. And on the one hand, I get it and I like it in the sense that, you know, as far as being a movie, being a story, it, it helps to build the camaraderie between these men because they're so much chaos and they're running around all over the place. So you maybe don't get all of that in the other parts of the movie in the mm-hmm. same way. But I did wonder if that was something that was suggested that they do put in so that traditional American audiences who do want that sort of deep feeling mm-hmm. um, portrayal of death and tragedy are able to get it. And I don't know if because of that, that might have been part of the reason why it was longer. It just, the thi- the other thing with this whole situation, so we have this warlord, Adid, mm-hmm. who is just doing awful shit to people. I, oh, Lindsay... He is, but also remember, it's a civil war. It is. And there is that... It is. There is that part of believing that you're doing the right thing. It is, but I have a real problem with people... You have a problem with warlords? ...doing awful shit to other people. That's weird. And it starts at the level of just being a dickhead to somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, stealing somebody's parking space. All the way to the level of love of we're going to starve out the people in this country to prove a point. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know where they got the weapons? No, I was wondering that. Well, basically from the U.S. How? Because they had ties to people in um, various 
Middle Eastern countries like Afghanistan. And of course, we supplied Afghanistan with Mm -hmm. the vast majority of their arms during their civil war. I just so you can say people who do shitty things, but we were oh, dealing no. we were dealing I, weapons under the table. I'm not saying for years before we aren't a that part they of. I'm not with. saying we aren't a part of the problem. I'm just saying evil people doing mm-hmm. evil shit. Oh yeah, you shouldn't like it. Really, really bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't like the thought of war, and I don't. It's just really sad. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes me so sad. Um, I don't like. I'm like Don Draper at the end of fucking Mad Men. Fucking buy everybody a Coke and let's all get along and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Like, if we could just do that for, like, a little while, that would be so great. And it'll never be. It'll never no. be. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. That's a great thought. It's it's, But it's nothing more than a thought, a hope, a dream. So when they're talking about, like, you, or in, you introduce, they introduce all these characters and then Josh Hartnett's character, whose name I can't ever say. Eversman. They say he's an idealist. Yeah. What do they mean? Like, what is that? He got into it to make a difference. He joined the army so that because he could make he a difference to... because he thought that we can do good out there and we can bring hope to people in some way. So, which I think is true. You know, there are people, of course, who join the military because they've, because they want to kill. It's true. There are some people who join the military because, yeah, exactly. I just want to fuck shit up. And there are some people who do it because they're looking for a family. And there are some people who just do it to pay for school. And there are people who do it because this idealized, concept of bringing peace or democracy or hope to other nations and uh, there are a million other reasons why people do anything in their lives um but yeah in the movie he is he's definitely portrayed as the hope um he he was so <laughs> when they're so in that guy's femoral artery or they're trying to clamp it and it doesn't happen and he's the kid's like jamie's like did yeah. you do it and he's yeah, like yeah we got it yeah we got it we got it he he was always the one yeah he i, I thought he was a good leader yeah I thought he was. Did you not think he was a good? No, leader? no, I do. I'm, I'm thinking about um, the fucks his face uh, who falls out of the chopper. Orlando Bloom's character. Yeah. So they made it seem in the movie like it happened because because they dodged that RPG. Because of, yeah, and that didn't happen. He, yeah, nobody, I did read nobody that knows. Game. Nobody knows what actually happened. He right. Just fell. Um, and it's and in the book they talk about that a little bit too, where everybody's just kind of like, yeah, man, I don't know. And it wasn't until Eversman got down on the ground that he even saw him there. He didn't notice him falling out either, so he must have that was like prob- lost his grip somewhere along the way. That was the coolest. I liked everybody's like everybody has a story, right? So he's the he's the new fresh guy right off the boat, right right there. Blackburn, he's, that was the name. Yeah, he's it sounded like they were saying Blackbird. I was like, why do they keep calling this guy Blackbird? Because his name's Blackbird. I'm really annoyed. <laughs> also okay i don't like ron eldard just because i don't like the look of his face or the sound of his voice i don't like well when... <laughs> but sorry. jeremy piven sorry ron. but jeremy piven you're I'm in here for piven yeah because i loved piven. jeremy he piven. was great in this. when when i first saw that he was in this i was like fuck yes <laughs> mostly because of very bad things but but um but orlando bloom has never been well cast because he is just a terrible actor he, that is not true he was very well cast in lord of the rings because he was able to because as an elf he was fine because just talking in that like, right emote. he didn't have to emote exactly he could just talk in that monotone and I not really like, emote and it was perfect if he could just be an elf for the rest like, of his life i like to call it the john snow effect yeah. because what's his face who plays john snow just has to do this one note performance exactly. the whole time the and i'm thing. like it's perfect because when you see him trying to do anything else he's terrible because he's not a good actor he's not yeah and orlando he's bloom awful. is not either at all yeah. and i remember this was the only other thing i think that i had seen him in at around that time mm-hmm. other than lord of the rings and i remember thinking that like oh god have you seen that show i feel like it's a netflix show easy it's about uh 
Yeah. He is in an episode of that where him and his wife have this three-way, and he was really good in that because he was amusing to me to oh, watch really? that. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I've God. seen him in, like, I'm not going to say he was terrible in He's Pirates terrible. of the Caribbean. It He's was, never he was been whatever. good at anything. But, uh, Barf. but there are some people I think are really bad, and he's just, like, not good. <laughs> But it was interesting. So he's like the the new guy who's ready to get out there. Mm-hmm. And Ewan McGregor's the guy who they pull out from behind the desk. And Josh Hartnett's the... I love that he's like, <laughs> I have this mysterious skill that no one else has. <laughs> and it's typing. And it's so funny because this was... It was 1993. So yeah, maybe not everybody could type. It's just funny to think of now when everybody lives on their computer or their phone, their tiny right? computer. Yeah, who can't? Everybody type. knows how to type. Come on. Everybody doesn't know how to type. Everybody uses everybody knows how to type to text. Everybody knows how to type well enough yeah. to be behind the desk in the army. Yeah. I So everybody has their own little arc and everybody has their own little story and that I really appreciated. They were it was such a big cast. Yeah. So it was and nice that was, to see that everybody got their moment. I was curious about that um, because I think that's one of the big overarching complaints kind of about this movie is that it's so hard to keep track of people and that was kind of my biggest question for you is how you felt were you able to keep track stay interested stay invested I guess not just stay interested in what was happening but were you able to invest in any of the characters because you could kind of keep up with them I was I'm not gonna lie there were points points at which I was bored mm-hmm. um and what I was points? like I'm just curious I mean leading up to the action once the action started i was in Mm -hmm. but i think that was like minute 35 also (laughs) there's always whenever whenever a military is executing a plan there always has to be that moment where you talk about the plan and there's a diagram and i was like do we really need a diagram of the four corners surrounding this place where we're gonna come like i do we really need that i do think ultimately you do for this for what happened because i think it could be really easy to get lost and they were they were blocks apart. They this were. entire yeah, time, yeah. they were blocks apart. They and I think ran. It, some of those guys ran out in but the I, end. Yeah. Yeah, they call it the Mogadishu Mile. Right. Yeah. But I, I think it's really easy when you're watching this movie to forget about that and to or to not realize that at all. How close that, they were. Exactly. That they really are just blocks apart. Yeah. You know, you're starting to think like, it's a big city and they're on opposite sides of the city because obviously they're so separated. So <laughs> I do think it has, this is me talking, <laughs> but I think it is important to know how close they actually were. To kind of get a feel for I was that. just like, do we need to see this square with the circles? The corners? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so, so you're, this is your corner, and this is your corner. Um, and I, like, the other thing, so you know this bad shit's going to happen. I didn't mm-hmm. know the story, but going in, they, they're foreshadowing mm-hmm. it, right? Like, we're only going to be out there for 30 minutes. It's not going to be that big a deal. You don't need to bring extra water. This guy's putting his blood type in, in his jacket pocket, like, Fucking making fun of him. Um, so you, they're foreshadowing that. Also, I feel there is some foreshadowing. So you were talking about how the that our our government didn't provide the resources for them to be successful. Um, but... And I would be curious to know how much this initiative cost us in mm. actual dollars. Oh, I mean, still a lot for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're really shit talking the Somalis and their mm-hmm. a- ability to shoot and their just the lack of organization. Um, and I'm like, well, this is going to come back to bite them in the ass. And of course it does. Um, because they were just outnumbered. Outnumbered. Yeah, that's really what they're it was. Just, yeah. So the I think the most terrifying part for me was when the second helicopter went down 
and it was the Ron Ellard's Eldred's helicopter. Yeah, Super Six Four. Uh huh. Um, and he survives the crash, um, but he's hurt real bad. Mm-hmm. And he's and then the other guys on the outside, who's the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop? That's yep. how I, I only ever know him is that. Um, and he's outside, and he's these people are just coming and they're coming and they're coming, and you're just like, this guy ain't gonna make it. It's kind of that like last stand mm-hmm. sort of thing where they're coming for you. And I gotta say, all of these fuckers showed incredible bravery i mean yeah. there are people out in, in the world and it's a lot i think of it's it, actually too that yes but i think for me the scarier or more terror well scary terrifying but the more <laughs> terrifying part for me too was when um um gordon and sugar show up later oh right the, the, the two who coming, actually they, they win the medal of honor for their bravery right but when they're there posthumous well yeah, yeah obviously because they were mm-hmm. killed yeah um but i i think seeing them there Going through magazine after magazine after magazine and just losing all of their ammo, and at the very end, you know, he comes back to um, to to Ron Elder and he's he says, you know, yeah, Gordy's gone. Here's, Here's the last of the ammo. Like, just do what you can, and then you know, I I just so want to know what was running through his mind. Um, and of course, this is a movie, so I don't know what he was actually like at the time mm-hmm. but in the movie he is very uh, sort of stoic and just focused they he's all just are. focused every like when and the first chopper goes down what is pivens he's like i'm going down yeah. he's not screaming and he's that's not, exactly he's just like, i'm going down i'm going down so i know that they did splice in some actual radio i don't know if that was that or if that was um if that was jeremy piven saying it but that's exactly what he said it was it yeah. was just as simple as like, that I'm going down. it was the same with the second chopper right. he's like i'm going down yeah and there's not a doubt in my mind that they were stoic and focused because you can't be just a crazy person in that setting. You have no choice. But, but you know, it's hard it's to watch training, from the outside and think this is somebody who was talking about his family earlier in the movie. Is he thinking about them right now or is he just yeah. thinking about the job at hand or is he thinking about it's protecting this guy? Is he thinking about his friend who just died or exactly? Is he think thinking, about thinking about all of it? I think you have to be thinking about all of it. But the focus probably is – I. It's, I'm sure the I'm focus sure in the, the training, moment is. It's, I have a job to do. Right. And my job right. to do right now is to try to hold this. Yeah. A hundred percent. I am very curious about those other thoughts that are pinging as he goes. Mm-hmm. There were. But anyway, I think to your point about being surrounded, being outnumbered, I think just... that was when it really hit. And then, you know, you come back to, um, um, I, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Um, well, who's the actor? But Ron Elder. Because you said Ron Elder. It's <laughs> Michael Durant. Durant, yeah. Um, you come back to him and he, he, know, he, like, he knows. He knows what's going to happen. He's assuming he's, I'm assuming he's assuming well, he he's probably going to be off. killed. Yeah, he took his helmet uh, off. He but he up. knows one way or another he's shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, there's no way out of this. Um, it felt a lot like a zombie, like Walking Dead. There were lots of times in The Walking Dead or any zombie movie where you're up against a horde and you are fucked and you just kind of like you're like oh this is it yeah that imminent death but you know those guys it's the training they're there to do a job oh yeah yeah and it's it's really intense when you think about it and all those when they were getting ready to go out for the initiative you know the one guy's handing the other guy the death letter Mm -hmm. like i don't want to do this fucking shit like i don't want your death letter um just all these little things that they're doing i liked seeing them at the base um playing chess making art listening to music, Lindsay, the soundtrack. When they played Right Turn by Alice in Chains, 
featuring that did it for you featuring chris cornell and like i think it's mark I'm arm for from Muddy Honey. Vaughn, and you're i like... was just like they're like this but this but no, was yeah, incredible. like that it was that's one of my that's such a good song um and then they they also played like some stp but mm-hmm. i was but i would when i heard right turn i was like <gasps> because i I've, I've never heard that anywhere but you know by yeah. myself in my car well i mean think about these are these are guys who were in their 20s in 1993 what would they have been <laughs> listening to grunge yeah grunge and rock but yeah i liked that um fucking si- like every time somebody showed up that i liked i was like fucking sizemore fucking banna <laughs> fucking ewan mcgregor like i was just getting so excited because they just kept showing up and kept showing up but he's just the best. When you told me we were watching this movie, because I, I knew of this movie, but I had never watched it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, wouldn't have watched it if we weren't doing this. But, um, and you were like, well, Josh Hartnett's in it. And I was like, okay, sold. Because. No, but the whole I have, story. I love him so the much. The whole story was, I said, <laughs> we're going to be doing Black Hawk Down. And I, I think I even told you at the time, like, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to like it. Because I know you don't really like these kinds of movies, mm-hmm. typically. Um, but I believe I said something to the effect of like, but there are so many guys, so many guys who you're going to know and recognize and some of them I'm sure you love. Mm-hmm. And you said to me, I'm in it for Matt Damon. Because I thought we were talking about Courage and Fire. <laughs> I was like, you're going to be really disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, I followed up with Josh Hart. And then I was like, okay, Aaron. sold. Yeah. Like favorite Josh Hart at movies. Not this. No. He was just okay in this. I Although I, there were plenty of times where I was like, sweaty Josh Hartnett. I'm here for it. He even looks good in that stupid helmet with the chin strap. Yes. I'm just not a Josh Hartnett. He's so pretty. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't yeah. feel it. So I really liked him. But I do love Penny Dreadful. That, okay, so that's I my favorite. I haven't seen that all the way through, but yes, I know that's good because I've seen a few episodes. Yeah. I really liked him in 30 Days of Night. Oh, I do like that movie. Um, oh, I've seen Wicker Park too many times. I mean, I saw it once. <laughs> I loved him in that. I loved him in The Faculty is probably my favorite Josh Hartnett. Wow. Like, that's going way back. Oh, God. That's when he had the horrible hair. I know. I know. So bad. His hair is always kind of weird. Yeah. That's yeah. why this was much better. Like buzz cut because it does weird stuff. I don't know yeah. what's happening with his hair. Yeah. But. but in Sizemore, I just want to hang out with Sizemore. I know. Like, I just want to be his friend. Yeah. Like he's just... And I feel like we would be friends. Yeah. I feel right? like he, he would yeah. get me. I feel 100% he would get me. And I think the last thing I saw. Do you know what? Tom Sizemore wouldn't tell me that it's wrong to say fucktard. No, he wouldn't. I don't think he'd be like, yeah, he'd be like, you know what? That shit is fucking retarded. full of fucktards. Yeah. (laughs) I do. Um, And Sam Shepard, I think the last thing I saw Sam Shepard in was August Osage County. (laughs) Oh, wow. I couldn't think of the last time I saw him, actually. I I don't really know. He's so great. He's just adorable. (laughs) That's not the word I would think of. So cute. Like, kind of this, like, poet like can i ask did you recognize tom hardy yeah uh-huh you did right away. oh yeah 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 totally because he's really young and like precious looking yes and he he does a good i think Amer- jamie lannister's accent american accent was bad that didn't really matter it's it, not like he was he didn't have a ton of lines you know, but yeah. it was bad yeah um there were a lots of non-americans in this movie yeah yeah they pulled it off though it worked jason isaacs fucking jb lannister so you didn't you really didn't know anything about black hawk down like the event um nope. our time in nope. Mogadishu. you don't nope. remember it happening when nope. you were a kid mm-hmm. or anything since no i don't really remember a ton about it when i was even a kid show you where somalia is on a map because i'm terrible at geography and i'm a shitty human being okay, well it's east east africa um 
I figured it yeah. was the Eastern Coast. But um, but I, uh, you I, know, I honestly don't remember that. I remember that stuff happened. I remember I mean, I know vaguely, we were there. And I knew what to But sh- you don't remember anything about the pilots being dragged through the streets? <laughs> nope. That's the only thing that kind of stood out to me when I started seeing the trailers for this movie um, as far as what that event was. That was the only thing that I remembered was. And I don't actually remember seeing the footage myself because I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember still hearing about on the other side of the world, they were, you know, dragging these soldiers through the streets and just tearing clothes off their body and just tearing them apart. Because that that's what happened to like zombies. the Delta guys that were killed there. Um, and it's awful. I guess I, it, it always is. So I, I'm kind of, I don't even know that I'm a history buff. I'm just fascinated by it, but it always fascinates me when something has happened in my lifetime and was essentially ignored by me. And I mean, rightfully so. I was, you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. What were you like elementary school? Like 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying I should have known what was going on, but it's fascinating to me to, relive something that i essentially lived through but knew nothing about and but knew nothing about yeah i I mean and it happens all the time like i i fall into frontline holes a lot where i'm just like right now i yesterday was at work even listening to frontline podcasts like the whole day i'm in it now but there's always something. There's a frontline podcast. Yeah, there are a few. Um, and is there's... it like a true crime situation, or is it just like no news, like reporting? It's, it's yeah, it's new stuff. And um, they also have, in addition to, they have a, a couple of different podcasts that are just kind of associated with frontline. And then one that I was listening to is actually just the audio of of certain like frontline episodes. They'll actually put the audio up of. Um, but even then, I find stuff all the time that. Maybe that sounds kind of familiar, but oh my god, all of this stuff actually happened, or just things that are contemporary to yeah, your life. Yeah, exactly. Stuff that maybe happened in the '90s when I was a kid that I didn't realize, or stuff that happened just a few years ago that, yeah, I, th- I feel like I maybe heard about that, but I don't didn't really know anything mm-hmm. about it. There's so much stuff. There's so much fucking stuff that happens in the world all the time. <laughs> There's no way you can know about all of it. But it, uh, I think that is part of the reason why I, I really wanted to see the movie, read the book, get into it is because it felt like something that I should know because I was here. History is important I and mean, we don't want to repeat it. So I think it's important for everyone to know and understand all of our history and mm-hmm. that's we forget it and then... There are implications too for what happened in Somalia that ultimately did lead to 9-11 that have led to um, the growth of Al-Qaeda that have led mm-hmm. to ISIS. I mean, there are things throughout all of that that are related anyway all of that rambling was really just for me to ask you really didn't hear anything about it (laughs) but you don't remember it at all no i mean i knew i somalia yes i knew stuff happened there but you just knew it was i mean 94 i would have been in eighth grade yeah yeah i wouldn't have been paying attention to that stuff yeah i mean when did oj happen i mean i definitely paid attention to that what was that? 90? That was early 90s. Yeah, that would have been like maybe 94, 95. Yeah, because I was I think I was a freshman school. in high school. I'll tell you what, here's something that's fucking disgusting to think about. Okay. I barely knew anything about Black Hawk Down, and yet I remember for the OJ verdict, 
they actually wheeled televisions yeah, into did the, into the in computer school. lab we were in at the time yeah. so that we could watch the verdict. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was a fucking child then and I remember being pissed the fuck off. Yeah, I purposely were... took the computer at the very end of the room, turned away from the screens. I'm pretty sure I even said to people, this is fucked up because I did have a really dirty mouth back then too, like well, when I was a very small child. Yeah. You came out of the womb saying fuck. I think I may have. Um, but I remember, yeah, I remember saying that it was really fucked up too even when it was happening yeah. and I still feel that way now there is no reason that we ever should have publicized that that event in that way especially for children and then to not teach them about the real things happening in the world mm-hmm. let's focus on this bullshit right. to be clear I'm not talking about the murder as being bullshit right but the, the uh, sens- sensationalization of, the of trial. that trial yeah yeah agreed so angry side note Angry side note. Let me see. What questions do I have for you? Do you yeah. have a favorite Josh Hartnett movie? Um, no, I, I'd have to go. I mean, Penny Dreadful isn't a movie, but I got really into that show. So that would be my favorite Josh Hartnett role, I suppose. What are your feelings about Eric Bana in general? In general, big fan. Okay. Um, I don't know why, though. Like, none of his stuff specifically stands out to me. I just feel like he's great. This there may was... be the best thing I've ever seen him in. But I haven't seen Munich, and I heard he's really That's good. exactly what I was just going to say. Okay. Um, there was Munich that I really loved and saw several times over as well. Okay. I love the Ford. In, it's uh, it's in uh, Knocked Up when the guys are talking about Munich and how Eric Bana is just it's a badass in that movie. <laughs> um, because... There's a real, like, a Zion like a lion kind of. Yeah. Because I feel like, what is it I've seen him in? The Time Traveler's Wife. I love. Which I really liked. I didn't want book. to like. I loved the shit out of that book. I read it multiple times and then the movie really? came out. I never read the book. I, the movie came out. You need to read the book. It's yeah. so much better than the movie. So much better than the movie. And I wouldn't have cast him. I would not have cast Banna in that movie. Because I normally think of him as this really kind of, he was so good in this movie though, Black yeah. Hawk Down. Um, um, so I'm going to say one that I probably shouldn't say. Okay. Troy. Fucking, I haven't even seen that shit. Oh, seriously? I've maybe seen some of it, but I don't give a shit about it. I love that movie. In fact, that's Orlando Bloom, too. Fucking A, man. I, the only redeeming not thing a good about movie. Troy is Pitt. It's not a good movie, to be clear. Okay. But it is such a good movie. Like, it's fun. Like, it's so it's a ghost ship kind of movie. Like, it's... I think I think we might have to add it to the list. Okay, put it on the list. Because it is... Uh, yeah, fun and awful and great and terrible. Like, it's it's a good one. Yeah. I have not seen... I know he was in one of the Hulks, and I refused to watch it because... Was he the Hulk? He was the Hulk, yeah. Oh. There have been too many Hulks. Yeah. Um, I, I just... I can't... That was... I think it was the first one. I think he was in it before... What's-his-face did it? Uh, Norton. Yeah. But that... So that was the first one where the Hulk was all of a sudden CGI, and I was like, yeah, fuck this shit. Gross. Give me Lou Ferrigno. It made me really angry, so I refused to watch so it. So what... You know, there are military stereotypes, and I feel like we got them in this movie. You've got the the hard ass, the nut job, the hot guy who's cool. But if you were like a military stereotype, what would you be? I always, when I think of military stereotypes, I always think of uh, Full Metal Jacket. Vincent did not <laughs> Full Metal Jacket, but like, are you like... A Top Gun guy? Are you a Vincent D'Onofrio in Full Metal Jacket? Guy? I would like to think that I'm a Tom Sizemore. Yeah, I was thinking you were gonna say Tom Sizemore. Yeah, I would like to think, and I think that it is largely true that I, I don't keep my cool 
like moment to moment in mm-hmm. my life. I got a lot of anxiety just thrumming through me at all times. Mm-hmm. But typically in the heat of things, I everything dials down and I'm I'm still and cool and I don't think And I, I don't know why that is. It's a weird thing. I've talked about it with my therapist before. Oh, yeah, good. good, good, good. <laughs> but I do think I would be the one in the heat of it who would just be like, everybody calm the fuck down and look around and we're just gonna you know yeah shoot back yeah. keep driving get your shit together now i'd freak the fuck out as soon like the second it was over i'd probably throw a panic attack and pass yeah. out i'll be honest but i don't i'm trying to think if i've ever been in a really awful situation where i had to like keep my head and i don't know well, that i mean I've even anything a, just like having been in a car accident or being around somebody who's been hurt or i mean anything yeah, i don't i don't feel like you're a panicker i mean i feel like you hold things together i don't know like there was that time i got hit by my car when i was by a car when i was on my bike <laughs> so you got hit by your I, car? I got hit by a car while i was on my bike and i just remember being really pissed mm-hmm. like i was hurt but i think i had a lot of adrenaline pumping through me and i was just fucking mad mm-hmm. um and i feel like when you get mad you get i think that's like, what happens to me exactly once i um the sort of road rage incidents <laughs> that i've been in that's exactly what happens um I hit a point where I get so pissed off that everything around me just slows to a halt. And, and I, I can think. I'm trying to think. But yeah, for me, if I was any particular, I'm probably the Vincent D'Onofrio. I did like. <laughs> what, just batshit crazy? <laughs> just like crazy. At least that's how I would want to be. You would so, want to be batshit crazy. I would want to be that guy. Um, Let's keep leaving. Like, I liked him. I liked, there's just one very tiny moment before the battle happens and it's a shot of Tom Hardy and he's just caressing his weapon. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I'm here for this. Tom Hardy <laughs> just like caressing his gun, his giant gun that he uses to deafen his friend, I his love, comrade. I love the two of them together. <laughs> Nelson and Twombly. They were my, they like, were my favorite. I think, the I first, think they forgot us. First time I saw it too. They were 100% the best. <laughs> what? Like, just, the, the, when they, and then they, when they find the other guy and he's like, yeah. And then he's like, what's wrong with him? He's like, oh yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Uh, it was my fault. <laughs> love us. So good. Um, and then I read in IMDb that that guy actually did go a little bit deaf from yeah, all the shooting. He got it back. He got it back. But yeah, like I was thinking about, I was thinking about this the other day, like situations where shits happen. Like this is a bad example, but we were out for New Year's Eve one time like we went out to the pepper lounge we bought those tickets oh the fucking pepper lounge and i was by myself yeah. um i think going to the bar or something and um some random dude just like reached out and like grabbed me yeah and i so you say we're not 100 no, percent no, convinced. this, this actually happened, happened. to and be clear leah was quite drunk <laughs> i was and... but my reaction to being grabbed by mr rando was to whip around and grab him by his balls yep and hold on to him yeah. and say some shit to him i don't remember what i said and he had this look of terror on his face and i was just like fuck you and then his friend was sitting next to him or sitting next to him was just like laughing hysterically the whole time so i like to think that that's my reaction i've only had one rando grab my ass and it was at the mall and i just remember as soon as he did it because he was like passing by and he walked by me and i just remember turning (laughs) and looking at him and saying hey you want some more you want to come back here tough guy You want some more of my ass? Yeah, I don't know. It was something stupid like that. Like, do you want some more? Or there's more where that came from or something like that. And he just kept walking and like he shuffled off really fast. Do you but... want some more? Yeah. Not like I would have actually it's given amazing. him more. It was that's what came out. So who's your favorite, favorite guy in this movie? Tom Sizemore. That he's your favorite? Yeah. 
Yeah. I think everybody has something to offer, which is awesome um, for a movie. I mean, I mean, to have such a, a huge ensemble cast like this, I think it's really easy for people to get lost in the mix. But Tom Sizemore, love. Like I just said, I, I, I love the relationship uh, that's shown between Nelson and Twombly. I think that's great. I think the character of, of Jamie Smith, who, who dies, is you get that from the very beginning when he's just he's out in those tiny shorts playing basketball and he's such <laughs> in a, his white legs yeah he's such a little boy like he just is such he seems joyful and very childlike and to watch him die like that of course is horrific awful yeah um hugh dancy yeah again in, in that scene um or the scenes because it kind of coming in over. Mm-hmm. he brought it i think jason isaacs was great i think the character of Ruiz always kind of really gets me. I feel like um, everybody, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say everybody, but I think the, the focus is largely on like Jamie's death and Ruiz is just kind of, he's there throughout, but you're not even 100% sure if he's going to die or not going to die. But every time you do come to him after he's shot when they're just pinned down and every time you come to him and he's just looking terrified, um, I think that's a really strong thing. And then Pilla. I think Pilla really stands out to me because Which one was Pilla? Pilla's the the first one who was killed. So he's the one who the one was he gets shot in the neck and he's inside the Humvee. Uh well he had he had the gun up and got shot. That's right. That's right. So he And then he falls into the Humvee and Exactly. The and one of the that's I like that some of the guys were so inexperienced they didn't know because they Delta were like, guy has to what's jump his up status? and take it. what's his status? Yeah. And the guy's like, uh and the other guy's like, he's dead. Yeah. That was that was a little difference between yeah. the experienced Delta guys yeah. and these children yeah. rangers. But he was the one who was doing the impression, doing like a little skit, the impersonation at the very oh, beginning. Oh, okay. So you get a feel for, you know, this is just kind of this fun loving kid and Actually now now that I think about it, that's probably who I would be. <laughs> the one who's making fun, fun of somebody. Fun people. I, yeah, and, and the fact that his death is so sudden. It's so sudden and I think and I do think you get more of this from the book than the movie, maybe. But, you know, the whole thing is called Black Hawk Down. The the whole thing that people remember about it is that a Black Hawk went down. I don't know that when people think about it, they even realize the fact that two Black Hawks went down. Yeah. Because what you really heard on the news was a Black Hawk went down and one of ours has been captured. And look at these soldiers who were being dragged through the street. Mm-hmm. And that all happened at Super 6-4. Um, Super 6-1 went down before that. And that, of course, is where like Eversman's people were mm-hmm. were at the time. Um, but all of that happened after, or maybe not, maybe Super 6-1 went down before Pillow went. But still, the fact that he was the first KIA, that was the real turning point. So I think everybody thinks about the battle as, it's you know, we refer to it as Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. um, largely because of this book. And that's what you kind of take away from it, and that's what you think happened. You think these guys were out there, and then a helicopter went down and everything went to shit. Right. Whereas in reality... There was a kid who was killed, and yeah. that was when everything really, yeah. like, shit happened all along the way. And, of course, that was the biggest thing that happened uh, that really brought it all down. But I think that was a turning point for them there. Mm-hmm. That was the huge turning point that is well portrayed, I guess, in the movie. Um, so I think he's a really important character for me watching it again, too. And Hoot. I mean, Hoot's there. From, <laughs> from the beginning, the I feel like Banna is Hoot. 
Like when you see him just out in the desert getting picked up and he's yeah. got his bike and then they and he then cuts he's like, in line and they're gonna like, get some pig wild boar. right yeah you guys hungry but then yeah. he cuts in into the chow line and they're like hey man you know and they're like he hasn't eaten for days yeah <laughs> give him a fucking I love break. I love his response too it's like there's a line yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> but Sizemore had some really good lines uh somebody says they're shooting at us and he's like well shoot back mm-hmm. nothing takes five minutes but nothing takes five minutes is my favorite but my, my i think my favorite moment with him is he's you just get one shot of him in the humvee and he's like motherfucker yep he's like mouthing yes. motherfucker yes and i'm like this is a mood this is great um he was wonderful he was wonderful in everything um and just cold as ice every time. Like when yeah. the kids, that guy's got a rocket through him. And the guy's like, he's got a rocket through him. And he's like, yeah, get out. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a half But a, there's also the point where they say to him, hey, are you going to be able to make it to the crash site? And he has to make that hard decision where yeah. you know he doesn't want to turn yeah. back. And he but does, he's, and he, he, he has no choice. It. He's yeah. like, we have and too the many way wounded, that he, we can't. He, I feel like the way he does it too, the credit to Tom Sizemore, you know, the way that he, the look on his face when he looks around that Humvee and sees all of his men. They're all, they're all. Yeah. He's like, we can't do it. And uh, when he get the one guy, I don't know where he was, but he ends up, there's only half of them. Yeah. He's on the ground and there's only half of them. And yeah. Sizemore walks over to him and he talks to him. And it's just so fucking hard to watch. Yeah. I think that when I walked out of it, or walked out of it like I saw in the theater, like last night after I finished, the takeaway that I had was there is this theme of like war is hell, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a scene where a guy takes somebody's hand and puts it in a bag. Yeah. And you see people get blown up. Yeah. Like, just blown up. And you see a man who has no, only a, a torso and a head and arms. Yeah. Like, you see lots of really fucked up shit. But a lot of it is about that kind of brotherhood. Yeah. Like, what is it Hoot says? He says, it's a... It's, it's about the people next to you. It's about the man next to you. To you. It's, it's not... He said, people don't get it. They don't understand why I do this. They think I'm some kind of war junkie. Mm-hmm. That's not why I'm doing this. And... That's what uh, Sugar and Gordon, that's yeah. the whole reason why they went down. You think it was because they like war? You think no. it was because they wanted to they shoot wanted and to kill more some, people? They wanted to help their comrades. Exactly. And, and I think and, to, and this guy, they didn't know him. He was from SOAR. He was right. a, a pilot. Like, there's no way that they knew him, but that's what they, they do. You go really in and you... Right. Right. And they could help. And I just... Yeah, I think that that was the biggest thing. And, and, and you're watching Josh Hartman's character, and he's kind of... It's his first... It mm-hmm. feels like it's his first time out as a leader, and he's got this group of men, and he's really trying to keep them together, and he's having to make these second decisions. And I also love the moments where you see the leadership, um, Sizemore and Isaacs, and then there was another guy. He was under Isaacs. He kind of went against Isaacs, what Isaacs wanted to do. Oh, he was do. the Delta guy. He was, because he was like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We can't stay here. We need and to I think he felt here. like he could because he wasn't, he wasn't a ranger, so he felt like he could actually stand up to him. Right. And the whole time, Jason Isaacs is very much he's he's in charge and he's used to being in charge and i mean it's the military you know if you're above others you there's no reason why you wouldn't be like you should be used to being in charge so it was interesting to have him challenged i think yeah yeah but when you see the leadership kind of they're still keeping their heads but they're a a little bit realizing the shit is hitting the fucking fan and you see sam shepherd back at wherever he is and he's kind of figuring out like he says at some point you know we lost the initiative he -hmm. knows it's fucking going to hell I love the scene at the end, too, when he shows up in the tent where they're operating and he just tries to clean up the blood. Um, He just needs to do something. Right. And even then, all he's doing is smearing it around. There's still nothing you can do. Yeah. It was was intense. But I feel like that, 
that brotherhood, that camaraderie, and also just the things that people, and it isn't just the American military men, it's the Somalians. Like, the things that people can go through, the things that people can do. You see guys with their fingers get blown off, and they just keep going. And you know that that's real. Like, you know that there are people out in the world who've lived through some fucked up shit, Mm -hmm. and they've just kept going and kept going and kept going. And it's all about kind of like the human spirit and our capability you know as beings to kind of keep going in the face of like awful awful shit like I don't know there are people in my family who are military like my one of my uncles was in Vietnam and flew missions in Vietnam and he just wouldn't ever talk about it Mm -hmm. and uh I was always really interested to know like what is it that he did there because I'm pretty sure he did some really fucked up shit yeah I never um my grandfather was 101st Airborne, mm-hmm. World War II, and he was in Bastogne, and he never talked to me about any of it. I know he, my dad said he never really talked about it, but I know he, you know, kind of told him a handful of things, talked about a little, um, but that's, yeah, that's one of the things that I always really wanted to know and never knew how to broach it. I mean, he died when I was a teenager, so it's not like I was – if he were still around now, I feel like I might be more comfortable saying, you know, hey, can we actually talk about this? Yeah. But being as I was, I think, 15 when he died, like, there wasn't really much opportunity for it. But I do remember at his funeral, like, I took care of all of his medals mm-hmm. um, and just kept looking at them. Like, what did these mean? You know, and my dad could tell me, like, you know, that's – this Purple Heart was – a certain jump, he landed funny and he landed on his shovel and it really injured his leg. Um, and then he had another purple heart. I don't remember if it, I don't remember what it was for, but I think it was the one that actually kept him from going to D-Day. At, at some point he was hurt and because of that, he ended up not going to D-Day, which great win, except for the fact that now you're off to Bastogne, so yeah. maybe not the biggest win. Um, and I, I just wanted to know more, but it, yeah, I mean, he never, even my dad doesn't really know that much because he didn't talk that much to him. And I read many, many, many of the letters that he had written to my nani. Like, she saved all of them. Were they married? um, At the time, no. And I went through some of them. I think she actually asked me to. I think I was, like, organizing them in some way or something. So I didn't read all of them because there were a ton. Um, But I did read through them. And, of course, you weren't allowed to write many things about what was going on. But you could also tell that he didn't want to talk about any of it even then which makes perfect sense I wouldn't want to either you know here's this piece of home you want to maintain just that piece of home like I have to live in this shit right I want to maintain just that one connection but um yeah I've always been really curious though I think even outside of war bad things happen to people in their lives and they just don't want to I feel like I've been really lucky and I haven't had really awful shit happen to me and I'm grateful for that but I mean, I was hanging out with my friend this weekend and she told me about something that happened to her mom that she just found out about. Some awful shit that happened to her mom where her mom was 18 and her mom had never told her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And it makes sense. You'd want to bury it. Yeah. And, and not talk about it. But I think I think it's important to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. I get it. It's hard. But yeah. I do think the army's gotten, the army, the military in general, I think has gotten better about acknowledging taking care of, taking care of acknowledging the mental health and, issues yeah. yeah um i think there's they still have a super long way to go especially considering the amount of issues that are inherent in you know something like that with the, with facing, combat yeah but yeah 
No, this is really hard to watch. I mean, yes, I was a little bit bored by it. Yeah, there were hot guys. <laughs> but the realities of this is what happened and it's a real story. And yeah, it was hard to watch. I think it's it's fascinating, too, to see what's come since then. Um, Lone Survivor, I'm guessing you haven't seen. What's that one? Lone Survivor. Is it's that the guy? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Really good. Um, also one that I, after having seen the movie, I read the book and the book also is really fascinating story, terrible, incredibly difficult to watch, um, and read, but also just a wonderful testament, I think, to, um, to what these men went through, I think, you know, but seeing that, um, seeing, Oh, what was it with Bradley Cooper? Where he's a sharpshooter. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking with the fake baby. With the fake baby? Did he have a fake baby? The baby in the movie is fake. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, there's a like at some point he's holding a baby and it's a fake baby. It's, a fake baby. it's like the thing that that movie I feel like is most That's remembered the only for. Thing yeah. I, I mean, I've seen I haven't seen that movie, but I've seen that scene and it's really dumb and it's so really obvious. I hated that movie and I hated that movie because I did not connect with that character at all. Um, and it was just a different kind of, he was a different American kind of sniper. man, American sniper. He was a different kind of man. He was a different kind of soldier than one that I would have, you know, had we, had we ever served together, I don't think I would have liked the guy. I just didn't like the guy. Um, the fact that he says, so I, I didn't make it all the way through the book. I read probably halfway through, but in the book, he specifically said oh, here that he puts, he, the, the order of things that he, uh, put his priorities in, it was country, God, family. family. That is not somebody I can get behind. Sorry. But there are things it in the movie. do his job. Yeah, no, I mean, and he did a great job with what he did. The sniping. Right, with the sniping. But there were things I remember when that movie came out, there were a lot of people who were really upset by what happened. Well, it's fucking war. Like, you just got to kind of get over it. But people were saying, you know, oh, well, he, he, you know, for example, he shot this one woman and you didn't even know if she was armed or not armed or any of that it's fucking war (laughs) if you don't want to watch it that's fine you know but that's the way it is but it's interesting to me that there was a bit of backlash maybe backlash is the wrong term um discussion i guess about it and i don't remember there being anything like that with black hawk down even though you have the same stuff happen you have the same you have fucking retard women in the movie theater screaming out to shoot a small child when she doesn't even know what the fuck is going on and you have i think one of the scenes that sticks out to me too is at at the end when they are running and there's a woman who runs over to a guy who's fallen down and the one guy the soldier he's got his gun trained on her and he says don't do it don't you fucking do it don't you fucking do it and he still doesn't pull the trigger it's the guy behind him who has to because she picks up that gun right and feeling it from both sides um, feeling it from her side where you people, these strangers just came into my home and took over my life and killed everyone around me. And you're damn fucking right. I'm going to pick up that gun and shoot at you. I have every right to and every yeah. reason to. And then from his perspective, too, of I know you're technically not combatant or were up until this point. Right, but you're I know that you're Yeah, I know that your family probably has been killed. I know that you don't like me. But please don't fucking pick up that gun because I yeah, don't want to have to kill you. I don't want to have to kill you. Yeah, um, yeah there's some really hard stuff. So thanks for making me watch it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Do you feel 
more um, aware, no. in tuned, you just feel sad. I just feel depressed. <laughs> and I'm, I, that, again, I don't like evil people and I don't like evil stuff being done. And I know that the world is a scary, mean place sometimes and, or a lot of the time. And I'm definitely more of an ignorance is bliss kind of person. How are you? I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I watched Frontline, I believe it was. Um, yeah, it was an older one and it was about a man who was abused by a priest when he was younger. And it was, the whole thing was like a two hour documentary that was actually done by his brother about him. And it's obviously very hard to watch. And I kind of asked myself after that, what, why are you doing this? Like, why do you feel the need to put yourself in this place? And I just can't, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to shut my eyes. There are certain things I do want to block out. There are certain things that I can't, I just can't deal with. It's too much for me and I will block it out and I will. Like what? Um, I can't even listen to the current president speak i can't do it it was everything about even the fact that he got elected deeply hurt me and kind of traumatized me and i cannot even hear the sound of his voice did you and i will gladly no and i and i feel like i should i feel like it's a dick move on my part to block it out because i feel like i should be aware and i just can't do it so i do understand that idea of just ignorance is bliss kind of did you, but did at the you, same time, so many of these other things, I feel like I need – there's just something in me that's telling me you got to witness it. You got to you gotta um, show people that they've been seen and they've been heard. Yeah. No, I, again, it gives it meaning. The whole president the, – the State of the Union, the only – I didn't listen to it and I didn't watch it, but I sure as heck love the clip of Pelosi tearing up speech behind him. <laughs> People are like, it's so petty. I'm like, fuck it. It is petty. Who gives a shit? It is petty and it doesn't help. Yeah, but fuck But I also get how you can get to that point. It felt good. I enjoyed it. Um, it, So anyway, I think we're just, we're very different people in that way, I guess. For me, it's the war stuff because like Spotlight, I fucking love the shit out of that movie. And that, uh, I was just looking it up because you mentioned um, something about abuse, but uh, The Keepers. That, oh my that, god that was so amazing incredibly amazing. difficult but it's so fascinating that any yes. of that could happen yes so i'm here for that kind of stuff i think the war the violence is hard for yeah. me is is the hard hard thing for me i listened one of the front lines i listened to the other day too was a man who um the the whole episode was done by his daughter actually and it starts with him being diagnosed with cancer and he was a uh, first responder on 9-11 and so he and after i mean he was he wasn't even there when the main towers went down but he was there at the site for weeks and weeks and weeks after so he was breathing all that shit in um so it was mostly about about that about the fact that he got cancer and ultimately died which is horrible (laughs) terrible depressing um but it was you know she had recorded with him along the way and one of the things that he said he said he after the the very first building went down, uh, was it building seven? So not one of the towers, but the the smaller building. 
he left and he actually went to one of the hospitals with one of the chaplains and was helping the chaplain go around. And he said that there was a guy there who was very seriously injured and the chaplain wasn't there at the moment, but the guy thought that he was a chaplain and he was begging him to give him his last rites. And he was just like, I can't, I, I didn't know what to say to this guy. I wanted to do it and I couldn't do it and I couldn't do anything for him. And then I was holding his hand while he died. And it's so terrible why would anybody want to even listen to that I don't understand but I do want to listen to that I do want to hear all of that there's something it's probably something fucked up with me no but uh maybe <laughs> maybe no I, I guess I'm just wondering if I'd want to like dive deeper that's what I'm saying about you know I saw this movie and I wanted to I wanted to read the book and I wanted to know all of the horrible I wanted to know what actually happened in the battle too. I wanted to know what led up to it. I wanted to know more about Idid. I wanted to know about where exactly they were, but I I wanted to know, was there any insight I could get into these people who went through this horrible thing? I get, I get it. I, I, uh, maybe it's more of a curiosity on your part, but I think, some. I think some of it is just you're really interested in the human condition and how people deal with things where you have a psychology major. Like, yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Just wanting to know about people and how they deal with stuff and how they experience things. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I'm more interested in those things now, I guess, but than I was maybe when I was younger. I just really uh, don't like to be sad or depressed. I, yeah, and that's what's so funny to me is I don't know why I don't like to be depressed. Like. I don't want to be depressed. Yeah, but I think but I get really I into these sorts of it is like the, you're having like a clinical, more of a clinical. I don't know. Maybe it's just it's a weird thing that I uh, am fascinated by because when you say you don't want to watch sad movies or be sad or depressed when watching you're a movie like, or TV show or something, I'm like I don't understand what you're saying. What do these words mean that are put together in that way? It's it's my Virgo ness. Like, is it? Is that like, it? I don't like feel, feeling. Is this because I'm a Capricorn? I think it because might I be. thought I didn't like feelings. I thought I don't no. really know. Caps are okay with feelings. Are we? Are, don't we just feel like everybody needs to shove them all down at all times? No, that's... Maybe... I don't know. Like, Virgos just don't like to talk about Okay, well, let me tell you. I feel like everybody should shove them all down at all times. Well, pretty may, much all the time. Maybe you're okay with the feelings inside of you. You're not okay with expressing them. Yeah, which I do think is part of the reason why I love things like this, yeah. too. I have the ability to take all of that crap that I've shoved down and, like, oh, man, you better cry when you're watching this. How yeah. could you not? But that's what I'm saying. I think you're okay with... Like, I'm not even okay with, like assessing my feelings like uh, I just don't want to I just want to what are feelings they're a mystery to me they're messy they're sloppy I don't like that's a weird way to live that's how I live my life I mean feelings are at it, feelings are kind of like half of your being right but I I'm, I got really good at ignoring them uh okay and just like eating them or oh I mean I love to eat my feelings you know, trading them or whatever uh, yeah all right anything else about Black Hawk Down I don't no, I don't think so. I, I just, I, this one's kind of a mystery to me because I don't honestly know why, why it all, why it stuck out so much to me. Um, and it was an interesting experience watching it again last night and thinking about that because I had never really thought about it before. It was always just kind of like, yeah, it's a good movie and I like the movie and I was interested and, you know, um, but I, I think I'm still kind of thinking about wh- why <laughs> it is one of my favorites, but it is. And I and I do think again, I do think it's a great depiction of um, of modern, modern warfare. warfare. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think there are a lot of 
Not now. I, I, I do think there's been a turn over the last 10, 15 years where people do want to <gasps> actually show war in a more um, realistic sense. But for the longest time, of course, you know, like before the 90s, uh, it was definitely portrayed differently. Um, so I think this was a, a turning point as far as movie making goes to. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't think that there's really much else to say about it other than I honestly probably am going to read this book again, <laughs> like this week. And I may well fall down another documentary hole. I might start searching things out to learn even more about it because once I'm in that headspace, that's kind of where I am. It won two Oscars. Yeah? For what, like sound editing? Best film editing and best sound. Yeah, that's what I would figure for something like this. And was nominated for best director. Yeah. And um, best cinematography. I mean, I know that it was up there as far as people saying it was, like, it was well-received as yeah, well. Yeah, it won a lot of nominations, so. I'm sure this won't be the last war movie that you Oh, pick. no. No, of course not. You've seen some at least, right? You've seen Saving Private Ryan. No. Oh. Oh, honey, that's on the list. I think it might be. It pro- I hope it is already. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of war movies, dude. I don't know how many other ways to tell you. I've I know seen, you're not a big fan. I've I just figured you'd see Full something Metal like Jacket. that. Full Metal Jacket. I'm pretty sure I saw Born on the Fourth of July. Apocalypse Now. I've seen Apocalypse Now. Yeah, so you've seen Vietnam era movies. Yeah. But nothing about, okay. Yeah, no, Saving Private Ryan, 100%. Shaving Ryan's Privates? No, that's something totally different. I've not seen that. <laughs> I haven't either. But I I'm want, sure it exists somewhere. But I want to. I don't think Matt Damon's in that. Huh? What? I don't think Matt Damon's in that one. No. Courage Under Fire. Haven't seen it. Courage Under Fire was good. It doesn't stand out to me. Like, I don't remember it being great. It I, was saw, just I like, saw Forrest Gump. That counts. Uh, uh huh? I say I say a Tom Hanks war movie and you're like, ah, oh, Saving Forrest Private Gump. Ryan, never seen. That's on Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest, Forrest Gump. Private Gump. Oh my gosh. Do you remember how that movie was like the best movie ever? And I think yeah. back on it now and it seems kind of ridiculous. Oh no. The whole I, thing I, seems I, kind of ri- I think it's kind of ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think now, it's Now the great. Green Mile, which is on the list. Also and haven't is seen it. Yeah. Super fucking depressing. Like I gotta oh. wait until we gotta fit some more comedies and stuff in before we Something go there. Something more like more upbeat. But it's gonna happen and I'm telling you, I don't think there are just a handful of movies that I cannot help but cry in because I do like to keep emotions locked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the green mile will get me every time Fuck. yeah isn't there a mouse in that there is a mouse yes <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> i'll pick something better oh. My, i don't know what i'll pick for the next one but whatever it is it will be something not <sighs> as dark and deep and depressing all right hopefully well just like what i'm taking away from this is hardy caressing his weapon oh that's a good thing okay Let's picture that as yeah. we as we fade away, fade away to the blackness of uh, Black Hawk Down. So yeah, anything else? No, I'm good. All right, <laughs> thanks for listening, y'all, and we will see you next time. The movie virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. Uh, we hope you enjoyed all the talky talky in that extra long episode. I guess it wasn't too much longer um, than a typical episode. It was very heavy. I feel the subject matter was very, the subject matter was very heavy. So um, next week, 
we will be talking about the bronze, which could not be more different than from Black Hawk Down. Uh, the bronze is a movie that was released in 2015. It stars Melissa Rauch as a shitbag human being slash ex ex gymnast um, who's just she's just fucking fun to watch. Uh, so way less serious than Black Hawk Down. So if if you've had enough of war movies since 1917 and Black Hawk Down were our last two episodes, fear not, the bronze is coming for you. Um, So give me that gold and the early bird gets the sperm. If you haven't seen the movie, you should be watching it because it's fucking great. So we'll talk about it more next week. Um, thank you so much for listening and hanging out out with us. We really love that you are willing to give your time to us and to our little podcast. Wherever you are listening, we would love it if you would subscribe, give us a rating, and please, please write us a review. Whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it, we want to get those reviews. So we love you. We appreciate you. We want to hear from you. Um, so yeah, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers.